Hello and welcome to the World of Mouth podcast, where we share the stories of the world's best chefs and restaurateurs and their favorite destinations to travel and eat. My name is Kenneth Nars and I'm the creative director of World of Mouth, a platform that connects over 600 restaurant experts who share their favorite restaurants from the best place to grab a hot dog or a pizza to the latest must-visit new fine dining restaurant opening. Today we're meeting sommelier and restaurateur Billy Wagner from restaurant Nobelhart und Schmutzig in Berlin. He will tell us about his background in East Germany and his journey to Berlin to become one of the most famous German restaurant profiles in the world, and about his passion for all great beverages, about being a good host and supporting the best local producers. At the end of our talk, he'll reveal his favorite restaurant recommendations in Berlin and the rest of the world. You'll also find these places in our podcast notes. Who is Billy Wagner? Um, a man, white, male, 41-year-old, married, and someone who um, works his whole life in gastronomy for um, the reason of knowing what and how to eat good and drink well. And you are based in Berlin? Correct. Uh, in West Berlin in Kreuzberg, uh, um, south of Mitten. Yeah. Uh, tell me a bit about your background. Where do you come from? How did you get into the restaurant business uh, and so on? Uh, my mom always says I was tapping beer with the age of three. And um, because my grandparents owned a restaurant with a hotel, my parents were always in, in the in restaurants working. I grew up in the restaurant, uh, doing my homework, um, had to work on the weekends uh, to help out. I got money for this, but still. Um, uh, so I grew up in the restaurant. Uh, my parents were born in the east part of Germany. Um, I grew up in the east, but we flew in 1989 before the wall came down in September um, to the West. So I'm so we're always saying my heart is East German, but I'm socialized in the West way. Um, and because of this, um, uh, there is, you know, there is a certain, I was always the East guy in the school. Um, and this, I think, also made something with me. Um, you know, we always talk about a reunification, but at the end it is a annexation from the west to the east, I would say. And the restaurant, what we do right now, is in the west, but uh, we focus the, the cuisine, the ingredients from the east, and we showcase them in, in our place. So um, there is a, a lot of... Uh, uh, differentiation and diversity at the place. Uh, growing up up in the east, that was a socialist state back in the days. Correct. Uh, food there. Could you mention a few word, words about that? Uh, what was was it a different kind of culture than 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 you then met in the the west? Um, food. You know, what, what people don't know sometimes is um, 
that 25% of our produce, what people were eating, uh, were, grow were grown by themselves. Obviously, this was something completely different in the, in the West. Uh, you know, people call it sometimes the farmer's state. Um, I remember very simple things, but in a very good quality, I would say. So my grandma, she, has a, she had a huge garden. My parents, they were always cooking fresh. Um, so I, I had to, you know, I, I was blessed with good, good food at the beginning from, from my early age on. And even if I didn't recognize it at that point, I think it's still something which allows me to uh, be picky nowadays, I would say. Okay. Uh, then your, your weight into the restaurant business, how, I mean, during the last, uh, say, 20 years, how did that, how did you get, decide to, to start with restaurants? My, um, after school, after 10th grade, I, I started, um, I went to, to, to work at a, at a hotel um, and become a waiter. Um, I was really lucky to uh, work in 2001 at Exit Breitlein for Andre Köthe, Yves Ollich and Ivan Yakia. And um, they were doing, at that time, a very different approach to to, to restaurant. And um, in 2008, I came to Berlin and um, I was working for six years with Marco Müller at Roots. And in 2013, I met Micha, our head chef. And with him, I opened up the place, uh, which I'm still running now. So um, restaurants means a lot of hours and restaurants still mean a lot of responsibility and a lot of creativity. Um, and I was asking myself at a certain point, do I, put, do I give this always to someone else or do I take advantage for myself from that? Your uh, role in the restaurant, has that always been uh, front of house, uh, sommelier, the beverages, or have you been had other responsibilities as well? At the, at the beginning, it was... Um, at the beginning, when we opened up, we were five people. Now we are 14. Um, so I'm still in love with the wine or with the drinks. But um, our sommelier, Alexander Seiser, uh, he has been with us for two years now, um, is an amazing person who has a deep knowledge into regions and people. So he's a very big help. Um, the hospitality side is covered up by Juliane Winkler, our restaurant manager. She. Um, is very deep into the topic of finding always new people who want to work with us uh, and also is defining new what hospitality can mean and and all the other people as well so for me my responsibility is not more directly um, in the restaurant because we work with people who, who have that but I'm still at the restaurant four nights a week to to work there um, since last year, in 2022, we, we have, um, we are working five, no, we, we, ha we are open five days, but the whole team is only working four days um, to 
have better hours for the people who we work with. So um, my responsibility is everything around. Um, um, Micha, said it, Micha said it once in a really nice way. Um, I make sure that there are guests and he makes them not more hungry. So that's in a way my responsibility at the end. The basic, basic yeah. needs. Yeah. Uh, a few words about uh, Nobel Hartmut Schmutzig. Uh, for someone who hasn't been there, what, uh, how would you describe your restaurant? Best parties happen in kitchen, at home usually, or at least at my space. Uh, when you are in, when you come to my wife and me, um, so and that was the idea of the restaurant to integrate kitchen into. The, the dining area, okay? So you sit along a counter with 28 seats around um, the kitchen. You're very close to the people who work at the place. Um, for me, cooking locally, cooking vocally local, was always the idea of having a connection to the farmer having a connection to the area where you are. Because even if you live there, and or even if you travel there, um, for me it was important that when you leave the place, that you have a picture in mind of what the region of Berlin is tasting like. And this starts with the ingredients. Micha is, Micha's style of cooking is very simple. We focus on the best quality products. We want to focus on uh, not so much cooking. So sometimes for a lot of people, they think it's quite pale and nothing much happened with the ingredients, but that's the idea of it, that you have amazing ingredients and you don't change them too much. So, and it depends on your expectations of what an evening is about. Most people are used to the fireworks in the restaurant and, you know, there's the loud opera and every new course there's a new costume and a new play and everything happens and it's not. And at our place, we leave enough space for everything else, for a good conversation, for um, for the time for the time you know when you have your friend or your business partner or your wife or your husband with you that you have enough space for other things which happen during the night and i think that's for me very important that we are not take too much of the person's attention so that the conversation is not more there so that's the reason why we don't want people to be on the phone all the time. That's the reason why we don't allow you pictures. You have a picture, no, phone no, no phone policy, no picture policy. We, you know, we, we want to keep the concentration on the person who you're with because it doesn't matter if you run a cafe or um, a restaurant or a bar. At the end, all these places are there for one thing that people have a place where they can talk. And um, that's, for me, the most important thing. And I think we 
people get this uh, or they don't get that, which is also okay. You're, you're, you are quite a well-known figure in the, the global restaurant scene and also the German restaurant scene. Uh, and the beverage part is also, I mean, the social part you are definitely known for, and also uh, the beverage part. Uh, tell me a few words about your view on beverages uh, of any kind and, and uh, restaurants. How, what's, what's the, what, what is the, the essential thing there? On my, on my work life I was working as a person who was, supposed to, was responsible for the drinks. And so the, the drinks, you know, when you go to Beirut and you visit a new winemaker uh, who just started producing wine there, it is a very interesting way of uh, seeing the area where you are uh, living uh, or where you are visiting. And... Um, because they grow maybe a fruit and then they process the fruit and then they make something out of that place which is very unique for that place. And that's what we try to cover with the beverage program at Noble Hart and Schmutzig. Um, so, for instance, for the drinks, for the wines, we would not serve a Cabernet Sauvignon or a Merlot from Sicily, but we would serve the, the grape varieties which have a um, um, uh, local background um, which show the area in its best unique way. Our style of cooking is agriculture focused and our drinks are as well. So uh, we have a, we've built a, a huge library at the end for drinking. Um, not for reading so much, for drinking, uh, from other fruits. So we have cherries, and not as a schnapps, ferment, fermented cherries. We have apples, pears, quinces, uh, red currant. The combination of sometimes both, or where they put together wine and red currant fruit, for instance. So I think. As a restaurant, you also change the habits of people because you people come to you and they taste something and then they understand, oh, that's really a necessity why this product is there. And usually you don't have, maybe you maybe drink a glass of wine, a glass of red wine, uh, a glass of uh, Rioja, uh, because we are here in Spain, etc. But sometimes there's also so much around this which uh, people have no clue that it is there. So when people come to our place, they might find things what they know and what they like, but I'm pretty sure that they drink stuff which is very different to what they are normally drinking. So we always try, you know, when people take the beverage pairing, we always try to serve a beer with the courses. Um, because when people drink a very good beer, they also drink very good agriculture. Um, because for the good beer, you need good ingredients and you need a characterful um, uh, uh, agriculture as well to create that special beer. And it's the same with the cider or with the cherry wine uh, or cherry sparkling wine where we are serving. All these drinks where people have no reference to 
um, they're researching for. And for me, you know, it's a business model because people drink something what they don't know. So they don't have a... We, we create a, um, a measurement that they can say, oh, this is really interesting and it's very good. And also, when people like it, and other also other people drink this, maybe it's starting to grow so that there are more products from that world. When I look back to my own history, we were, I was working in a restaurant in Düsseldorf in 2006, and by then uh, we were only serving Eric Bordelais, um, a winemaker from, from Normandy, um, and he produces, he produces ciders. And at, at the time he was the only one. There was nothing where in that quality level was, was existing. And nowadays I know more than 50 products which are just amazing, you know. And as agriculture is something very uh, slow in our very fast life, um, because once a year you can cut the grapes or you can harvest the grain uh, and then you have to wait for another year until you can do this again. It's uh, after the last 18 years, it's quite uh, an improvement in what happened. And I'm really curious and interesting to see what in the next 20 years also will happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any favorite beverages? Uh, you, I know you have a vast vast repertoire of, as you said, from ciders to hybrid beverages to yeah. fruit, wines to schnapses and, and wines. Uh, if you describe, say, the wine part in Nobahart und Schmutzi, what's, what, what are you focusing on, some special things? We focus on um, Germany, because we are based in Germany. We are focusing on Piemonte, Mm, we are focusing on Champagne. Um, we are focusing on France and the off France, I would say. Um, so not like the Bordeaux and the Burgundy. And if it's Burgundy, it's the off Burgundy. It's the outskirts. It's not so much the the premier Grand Cru type. It's more the the, the young new winemakers which are affordable at the end as well, or much more affordable than buying a, a, a wine for 200 bucks and then selling it for 500, you know. Um, we focus on drinks which somehow mean something interesting. So, for instance, I, I visited um, Kyoto uh, this March to go to the... Um, Noma um, pop-up and while I'm in Kyoto uh, we went to this really nice bar with our friend Yasuko Goda and she she is the m most important oldest natural wine dealer in Japan and she ordered a wine from Kreta from a guy who was trained in Piemonte and it's a wine which was aged for seven years in 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 barrel and so this is so unique of what this guy is producing there he apparently also does white oxidized wines which are so strange in this wine world what we are drinking being right now so when you taste the wines it's indigenous grape varieties it's no it's organically farmed because it's they don't do any crazy techniques in the cellar or in the in the vineyards 
But what they do is they take a lot of time and this is what I'm looking for, for a very unique aroma of a wine. And I can't tell you much more about this wine yet because I've not been to Creta, never. But uh, in this summer I will go there, um, we have a house there to make vacation and at the same time to uh, see this one special person because uh, the family is producing something very unique there, I think. And I want to find out uh, why and how and, and so on. So that's maybe something from the wine side which really touched me uh, um, just recently. Yeah. yeah. In the next part of the podcast, we'll hear Billy Wagner's favorite restaurant recommendations in Berlin and the rest of the world. If we move over to, to restaurant, uh, restaurants, wine bars, places you love in, in your hometown, Berlin, uh, as we are, uh, this is the World of Mouth podcast, uh, could you mention a few places that you would send people who come to Berlin, some of your favorites? Mm. Um, there is a place which just opened up last year. It's called Satutu. It's um, a place from Sri Lanka, also, with Sri Lankanian roots. Is that a word? Um, with roots from Sri Lanka. From Sri Lanka. Um, it's in Prenzlauer Berg, and uh, they do a very unique uh, idea of cooking, using for my palate very different spices and still they cook very focused um, there is not much fine dining out of that part of the world in 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 Germany I would say maybe even in Europe but I'm not sure about this and it was a really I've been there three times and it was always a very nice and um, different approach of uh, how they touch the food. Mm, I had a really beautiful experience um, at uh, Hallmann und Klee, um, which is a restaurant on Richardplatz in Neukölln, in the really far, 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 far east-south of Berlin. Um, even if you live in Neukölln, it's quite far away, because you really have to go to the other end of, of, the, of the city. And when you come from Charlottenburg or Prenzlauer Berg or Moabit, you have a quite a journey um, to you. Um, and what kind of place is that? Um, it's a place which started as a breakfast place and only during days. And nowadays they they do evenings. They do. Um, I think there's only women working there. Maybe one guy. I don't know. And. It's a vegetable-based um, idea. Also, looking into the, the the area, but not so strict as Noble Hart and Schmutzig. So they also work with other ingredients from around the globe, I would say. Um, but a very tender interpretation, um, fine, not very loud cuisine with a big vegetable focus. So um, I was there twice and and the dishes were um, relaxed. So uh, really a place to, to visit. Um, the wine list was um, modern, natural, um, 
what do, what do people drink when they are a little bit younger, I would say, um, and they go into the topic of, of wine. So you can find there something really nice. Um, the prices are way too cheap, I thought, um, but at the end they are in a place where it is, you know, where they are not in Mitte and not in in Charlottenburg, etc. So um, there is a place, another one, Alina is the head chef there. She cooks at uh, Pass uh, restaurant. Um, Pass Pralinis was were for the last years um, a shop where they sell, where, they, where you can buy amazingly beautiful uh, pralines. Um, Christiane Kegelmann, she's an artist. She, she founded the company and last year um, they decided to open up a restaurant and they opened it up in November and they're also cooking a vegetable-focused cuisine um, with an own handwriting. And this in an area where you only usually eat uh, steak tatar uh, in more super old-school West German classic places, you know? Mm, yeah. So quite a tough area for that place because they, you know, this place in Mitte or in Neukölln um, would be, okay, that's normal, but being opening up in that place... Um, uh, it's, it's different, you know, also the design inside, it is a former cafe and uh, they renovated the whole place and they had like an open kitchen or they installed an open kitchen and it's also a different vibe of how the place looks like and feels like and um, yeah, that's a really um, nice addition to the, the restaurant scene in, in um, Berlin and Maybe one more favorite during the day place. You know, lunches in Berlin is something very difficult. So not like a lot of places you can eat very well picked lunches. I'm always saying that Berliners are still sleeping, you know, during lunch. So they are. It's it's going up late. I don't know, but um, there's a place uh, run by two Israeli guys. And they are um, based on Erkelenstamm, and um, it's called Golda Deluxe. And they do um, vegan, vegetarian stuff, and you know they do these little breads, and they stuff it with stuff. And every time I be there, it's such a fresh, healthy, fast food, which is quite different to what you normally see when you have fast food, right? And uh, for me, always when I go there, I also have the, the chai and I don't know if this is the best chai in the world, but I'm not an experienced chai person, I have to admit this, but the chai experience there, I always drink it there and it's so, they do it by themselves and it's so good and I really love it so um, Golda Deluxe is also um, a new place and also has a has a really nice um, idea of uh, something easy on the hand as a small bite yeah I mean generally the the, the restaurant food beverage offerings in Berlin how you describe it what's what is what is it like at the moment? What's what's going on? Right now in Berlin, 
it seems that we that's really hard to earn money inflation prices for ingredients energy cost everything what you buy the laundry to get your uh, napkins cleaned everything got more expensive so also the the restaurant experience also got way more expensive um, we changed from a uh, five days to four days we really look now for the hours who our staff is working they were never in the 60 or 70 range per week but they they were always in the 50 and now they are with the 40 and this got you know the, the experience got more expensive at Nobleheart and also at other places that people you know the, the prices went through the roof I think and at the same time the the, the appreciation from the customers didn't go that far yet hopefully right now we lack of um, tourists I think the getting to Berlin is more difficult with you know we were working on an airport for many many years and now we have one but it seems that no one is flying to Berlin um, not that they don't want but the The prices for the taxes are seems to be insane. I'm very happy if that the the, the airport that that when you take a flight that this is expensive. But what's not good is if, if it's only expensive in Berlin, mm. and if uh, Paris and London or Munich and Frankfurt is so fucking cheap, that's also not the the good thing I yeah. would say. So. So right now it's a tough situation with um, a lot of um, a lot of uh, points, and I think they all come together that earning money and making a little bit of money isn't is difficult. I would say. Um, at the same time, you have a lot of openings. Um, all the places which I mentioned, they are all new. Um, and uh, they're giving really nice addition to 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 the city. Um, so I'm curious what happens in the next two to three years. Um, and um, yeah. Okay. Very good. Uh, if we move away from Berlin uh, to the rest of the world, um, any favorites uh, or new experiences that you would recommend in, in, in any other country? I told you I've been to Kyoto and the, the experience at uh, Dupri, uh, which is a wine bar in Tokyo, was just amazing, I think. Uh, it's a um, very Japanese-style French place and um, they were cooking There were not much cooking, they were more serving ingredients and and in a very perfect shape. Um, it was very nice. Um, I've been there three times in the last four years, uh, Lido uh, 84. In Italy? Um, at the Lake Garda. You know, the it's the perfect setting. 
It's the super relaxed, easy, uncomplicated cuisine. It's an it's an it's a service which is not mm, you know they have standards, but they they adjust to the customer, and this is something very. I always think it's very special because in most places, you know, you tell people what to do and they do it to 100% of the time. And this is the stupid thing that can happen because there's always situations where you need to adapt to the customer, you know. And uh, it seems always when I've been to Lidl that they can handle that, that they have their, their people who they work with um, are can manage that, you know, and um, yeah, and it's maybe a, a very unique place right now in the world where you can have a really good uh, uh, lunch or dinner. I also went um, twice to uh, Mexico and, um, and I went to uh, Porto Escondido. Um, to stay there in a the house um, and it was just both times beautiful because it was kind of abandoned in a way and in Porto Escondido they, they have this Japanese style chef um, cooking next to the to the Hotel Escondido and um, I cannot tell you the name right now but um, but it was. I've been there twice, or maybe three times, because I went there. I went there to have uh, dinner, and I said while the dinner was happening, "Can we come at some point when we are still here?" And they had some opening, and, and we went again, and we had the same menu. And it, it's also maybe a place where the setting is also so important. Maybe the style of cooking in a different place would be yes, would be good, but in that place and how they, you know created the, the 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 location it's such uniqueness and um, it was very remarkable and memorable and uh, if you are there uh, so you have to it's not you know if you are making vacation around uh, in the south of Oaxaca um, it's a, absolutely a place to 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 visit and you should have the time of uh, relaxing and coming down at that place yeah, yeah. Something in Europe that would you would think of wine bars or restaurants or anything? We uh, went last year to uh, our um, to uh, Thomas Imbusch and Sophie Lehmann from 100 200 in uh, Hamburg, and um, um, they have a. The kitchen included in the uh, room where people sit and eat, and um, it's also a very unique experience. And we had just a stunning menu there because it was so focused on on perfect technique. Um, it was uh, local identity of ingredients, um, and. Um, it was so, uh, we only had vegetarian food there um, because um, uh, one of our friends who lives vegetarian lifestyle 
and it was um, just a fine interpretation of what the area of Hamburg is like. And usually, you know, the area is also a very classic, safe, French idea of cooking. And Thomas and his team are cooking very different to what you normally eat in the city. And it's maybe one of the best experiences right now in, in, in Germany and in eating-wise. So, okay. yeah. Okay. One more, I was thinking, I'm sorry. And it's obviously, it's not a recommendation because it's not the restaurant yet, and we can't tell it right now, but I, uh, through the last couple of years, I, I got to know uh, Kobit Desmaro quite well, and um, we have been to In the Wolf for research before we opened up um, Nobelhart and Schmutzig, um, we've been with the whole team to Chambre Separé. Um, we've been last year in a summer residence, residency uh, at Station Vukoveri, and uh, he was cooking there in a beach bar, uh, his amazing style. He was coming to Berlin just a month, two months ago, and was cooking with us. And he's a... I don't know what kind of place he will open up, um, because it's not ready yet and he was supposed to open up this year but then something with the landlord didn't work out but he's such a great chef and so much um, adaption and so different to most people and uh, it was very interesting to see him cooking that he, he has such a talent of really making dishes, making, using ingredients in a, in a very, in his own unique way that I'm really looking forward when, uh, to go back to Sicily, uh, when he will open up his new space because he's such a good chef and I'm very curious and happy to see when this was going to happen and that's maybe one more recommendation for Europe. Yeah. Okay, okay. So Kobe de Chamal's uh, restaurant in Sicily somewhere in the future somewhere in the future correct okay. very good uh, Billy Wagner uh, thank you so much for this thank you for recommendations and uh, good luck with uh, all your projects in, in Berlin Dankeschön thank you Danke. thank you for listening to the World of Mouth podcast with sommelier and restaurateur Billy Wagner in Berlin find all of the recommendations mentioned in this episode and more on the World of Mouth app available in your app store or visit our website at worldofmouth.app. You'll also find these places in our podcast notes. I'm Kenneth Nars. Until next week, when we meet Chef Florencia Aveja in Stockholm, Sweden. <laughs> <laughs>